Hi, my name is Heather Porter, and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Animisma, All Things Inspirited. This podcast seeks to offer you a journey home, home to the wisdom of your ancestors, whose face you wear and whose knowing is encoded in your bones, home to your true self, who you were before the passage of this human life offered you its distractions or placed upon you its obligations, expectations and challenges, or perhaps deeply conditioned and wounded you. Animisma is a journey home to who you were born to be, a sovereign, complete child of the universe, that is, a whole, healthy and well human. This journey home to our magnificent, beautiful true selves provides us with an opportunity to be at peace with whoever we are at this moment, in this time. It is an honorable endeavor and allows us to connect more presently and more deeply with the waters, lands, plants, spirits, and people we share space with. My heart hope is that as you join me on these journeys and explorations, your true self is gently revealed to you in all its grace and in revealing itself to you serves as your own soul compass, a guide providing you with an opportunity to discover what it feels like to walk deeply and beautifully aligned with the exquisite and resilient core of your being. It is my belief that the path of self-discovery is the path of integrity and therefore does not deny your shadow, your pain, or your hidden or wounded parts, but welcomes them forward in service of revealing to you the deepest work that needs to be addressed. I believe it is your birthright to be whole, complete, unburdened, and free. Many today feel we are living in a time of forgetting and a time of confusion, but there are still people who seek to remember, people who seek to share the sacred in our everyday lives, people who believe that everything around us is inspirited, and who seek to offer ways of connecting deeply and authentically with the untamed beauty and wildness of our hearts and the magnificence of our shared world. These people seek honorable connections to the lands they live on, the waters they swim in, and the winds that surround them. They seek to learn the wisdom of the myriad beings that we share this precious life with, and they seek to honor the wisdom of their ancestors, be they from bloodlines, that is blood relatives, spirit lines, that is the ancestry of your spirit or soul, or milk lines, that is the lines that have nourished you, though aren't related to you, such as chosen family, teachers, authors, step-parents, etc. I am one of those seekers, and animisma is my offering as a journey home to your own wise and magnificent heartlight, and I offer this as a bridge of authentic spiritual connection, offered with honor, and offered in peace. Welcome to animisma, all things inspirited. I'm thrilled that you're here. As we begin today, I invite you to close your eyes, make conscious your breath, and feel the earth beneath you. Whether you are sitting, standing or lying, whether you are outside on the ground or at the top of a high building. I invite you to meet and connect with the earth and I humbly ask that you take a moment to hold space for an intentional, heart-forward acknowledgement of first peoples and spirits of the land. I invite you to speak the indigenous first peoples names of the land where you currently reside. I humbly acknowledge that this land the land that I currently live and work on, the land that holds me while I record this podcast about Celtic indigenous wisdom, is land that holds structures of law and maintains knowledge through oral traditions which have been practiced for thousands of generations by Ute, Arapaho, 
and the Achedisha Kawan, or Seven Council Fires. I honour their law and their laws. I honour their living children, their elders, and I honour their spirits and animal allies. I honour their love of the Great Mother Earth. I am sorry for all that has passed, and I live as your humble ally and human sister who is listening to you. I honour you. To you, my listener, wherever and whenever you are, whether you are here with me in 2020 or listening from the future, I honour the spirits of the land that you are on and the land that I am on, and I gratefully acknowledge all who come in spirit form to be of support, to provide guidance and wisdom, and to hold us while we connect with the spirit of the earth and her seasons through these beautiful festivals. Thank you. I am utterly thrilled to be sharing this beautiful celebration of Imbolc with you. I'd like to begin with one more acknowledgement and formally acknowledge all of the wisdom keepers and guides whose books, research, websites and videos helped to inform this podcast. You are all such an inspiration and I am truly grateful for your commitment to the mythic wisdom and wonder of these festivals. So without further ado, my truly heartfelt thanks and gratitude goes out to Danu Forrest, Glennie Kindred, Eileen Moylan, Erin Aurelia, Rachel Weitz, Bran Fion Nick Griohar, Chris Hughes, Thomas Oheoda, Nancy Langston, Carl F. Neal, Pauline Campanelli, Lisa Chamberlain, Claire Walker-Leslie, Frank E. Garris, Susan Morgan-Black, and Patricia Monaghan. If I quote your work and your name is not mentioned, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I believe deeply in assigning credit where it is due, and I am committed to weaving a future of communal recognition, especially regarding these deeply important communal mythologies and celebrations. I must admit, as I dove deeply into the lore of Imbolc, it truly surprised me, and I wasn't really sure where to begin with this podcast. I noticed in my own experience after Yule, and through the beginning of the Gregorian calendar, that I felt, even though as the last year had ended, the next was yet to begin. I felt spacious and calm. I felt the gentle lift of more light each day, and I noticed that I didn't feel hurried or pressured. In fact, I felt relaxed and spent time tending to my intentions and thoughts around what this year would have in store for me. As I explored the celebration with others, the one recurring theme that arose was that for many who have celebrated in bulk over the years, it was either the beginning of their year or the ramp to the beginning of their year. To myself and others, it was almost as if we were living in the season of waiting and not knowing. The liminal space, the timeless time between last year and the future year, and it was in fact in bulk that the year would really begin. Imbolc is the beautiful festival and celebration of awakening, fertility, birthing, and beginning. It is the promise of renewal, of hidden potential, of the earth slowly awakening, and of life force stirring. We welcome the growth of the returning light and witness life's rebirth. Imagine a traditional rural life in the Celtic lands. During winter, when all was dark and many would bring their animals inside with them for protection from the cold and for added warmth, how thrilled one might be to see the days lengthening and the first signs of plants budding on the trees or sprouting through the barren ground. How cleansing it would feel to let in fresh air and light, let out your animals and purge your space of what it held during the cold winter. 
What a delight and nourishing treasure it would be for the milk of the ewes to come in, an important source of nourishment for our ancestors, which strengthened any who had grown weak over the winter months, such as children, the elderly, and the ill. The word in bulk is translated from ancient Irish and means in the belly or around the belly and refers to both the pregnancy of sheep and to the fertility of the earth, that is, the gently swelling belly of the earth goddess. Another more modern name for the celebration is oimelk, which means use milk, and many during the celebration make milk dishes in honor of the return of the traditional use milk, fertility, and nourishment into our lives after winter. Imbolc was the traditional celebration of spring, as opposed to the modern interpretation of spring, beginning on the spring equinox or ostara. Imbolc marks the middle of the darkest half of the year, and as a cross-quarter festival, was traditionally a time for dividing the weather and reading omens. And it's the inspiration behind the modern Groundhog Day. Some Celtic stories tell us that the Kelach, the divine hag who rules over winter and death that I spoke about briefly during Yule, gathers firewood for the rest of the winter on Imbolc. If the Kelach wishes to make winter last longer, she'll make sure that the weather on Imbolc is bright and sunny, so she has plenty of time to gather more firewood. But if Imbolc is a day of foul weather, it means that the Kelach is asleep and winter is almost over. There is an old song from the highlands of Scotland that talks about pounding the earth with a stick to bring forth the snake at Imbolc. Other stories say that the hibernating serpent was said to awaken and leave its hole on Imbolc Eve. Serpents were associated with inspiration, healing, the phallus, and were an emblem of life and are important to acknowledge given this festival of fertility. In another Scottish story, the Kelach transforms herself into the bride on this day by drinking from the Tuba Og, the well of youth. With her white wand, she touches the ground and the flowers of spring emerge. Candlemas is also celebrated at this time, though usually a day later than Imbolc, or from the sunset of Imbolc through to the sunrise of the next day. It is not the same festival as Imbolc, and its origins can be traced to the 4th century in Greece. The prevailing theme regarding Handelmas is that the Christian Church incorporated festivals of the returning light into their own system, and it became known as the Festival of the Purification of the Virgin Mary, and later in Ireland as St. Bridget's Day. It is a holy day, and there is a great deal of history associated with the canonized Bridget, or Bridge, in Ireland. Though the use of candles by both celebrations is unargued, and light and fire is important to each, this podcast will focus on the historical Celtic or pagan goddess Bridge and the festival of Imbolc. The most prominent deity associated with Imbolc is the great fire goddess Bridge. Her name is spelled and pronounced many different ways. Bridge, Bridget, Bridget, Bride, Breedy, Breed, Brigid, Brigitte, Briga, and the list goes on. She is a fascinating, protective, loving, fierce, capable, and frankly incredible deity who is presented as a classical Celtic triple goddess in all three forms, that is maiden, mother, and crone, and at Imbolc she is celebrated in her maiden form, often preparing for marriage. She is a pan-Celtic goddess who is worshipped by both the Goidelic and Brythonic Celts and is a solar deity who once hung her mantle on a sunbeam. The following was taken from Susan Morgan Black, who shares that the name Britain is a derivation of Bridge's name. 
Britain was named for an ancient Celtic tribe, the Brigantes, who worshipped Bridge and were the largest Celtic tribe to occupy the British Isles in pre-Roman times. The tribe originally came from the area that is now Bregenz in Austria near Lake Constance. The word brigand is thought to come from this tribe of fierce warriors. The worship of Bridge probably spread from the continent, leaving place names behind, such as Brittany in France. Bridge place names are found in Brecon, Scotland, the River Brent in England, the River Brent in Wales, and Bridewell in Ireland. The symbol of Britain, the goddess Brigantia or Britannia, which is still found on their 50 pence coin, is Bridge in her aspect as goddess of sovereignty or guardian of the land. Bridge is associated with a great many things which include the following poetry, home and hearth, midwifery and fertility, protection and guardianship, metal smithing, battle, sovereignty, travelers, and prophecy. For those of you who received my emails, I shared a recipe for a lustral milk bath and instructions for a fire ceremony, one with candles and one with a well-contained fire. I also mentioned that I will conduct a series of blessings and a meditation during this podcast, all in service of honoring the festival and the blessed awakening of the earth. For your time planning, this will take place a little later on. So if you happen to be nourishing yourself in your lustral bath, I invite you to close your eyes and listen to a tale of the Law of Prij, one of the goddesses of the Tua de Danan, a magical race of deities. I loved the way Chris Hughes describes the realm of the Celtic gods and goddesses. Chris says, Do not enter the realm of the Celtic gods if you want black and white answers. There are no certainties here. They are mist. They are sunbeams. They will not get their stories straight in order to reassure you. It's all hide-and-seek through a maze of texts, manuscripts, and recensions. Genealogies that go in circles and cognates that don't quite work. Ducks that don't walk like ducks and swans that may just be princesses. She says, don't get me wrong, scholarship is rewarding here. Just temper it with patience and with mysticism. Allow imagination. Give it all time. You can't know it quickly, no matter how high an achiever you think you are. I didn't take this lightly. And given this, I've taken a very spacious approach towards the exploration of the Tua de Danan. If my mythical journey has taught me anything, it's that the realms that lie in the etheric are places unique to each of us, and no amount of interpretation from another can prepare you for your own journey into the realms, or your own relationship with their beings. It is a personal journey, a dialogue with those that share through sound and story, through picture and poem, and weave together our relationship to ourselves and our human realms, including, and not limited to, our ability to track, honor, and revel in the seasons of the earth. In my own journey with spirit, I have become more sovereign, more healed, and deeply attuned with the earth cycles. What a gift it is that we can learn from such infinite wisdom, and what a miracle it is that we can in fact find it living within every cell of our dear vessel bodies. The Tua de Danan or people of the goddess Danu in Celtic mythology, are a mythical race inhabiting Ireland before the arrival of the Milesians, the ancestors of the modern Irish. 
They were said to have been skilled in magic, and the earliest references to them relates that after they were banished from heaven because of their knowledge, they descended on Ireland in a cloud of mist. They were thought to have disappeared into the hills when they were overcome by the Milesians, who were also generally recognized as the Celts, though this is open for debate, and they have become associated with the numerous fairies that still inhabit the Irish landscape. The Tua de Danann were the fifth invaders of Ireland. Ireland doesn't have a creation story. Instead, it has stories of waves of invaders to a land that was always in existence. Apparently, when the Milesians defeated the Tua de Danann, they struck a deal. They would take Ireland above the ground, and the Tua de Danann would take Ireland below the ground. Below the ground, meaning their realm can only be entered or accessed by portals, particularly around hills with ancient tombs. These were the old gods of Ireland, Britain, and much of Europe, and their tales have been preserved for us in ancient manuscripts, first written by Christian monks over a thousand years ago. Now, these monks couldn't overtly refer to them as gods and goddesses, so they refer to them with magical qualities instead. The Danann are known for bringing four magical treasures which feature in various Irish mythological stories. The Spear of Lu, the Dagda's Cauldron, the Stone of Fall, and the Sword of Light of Nuada. Though they are named the people of Danu, we don't really know who Danu was. There aren't stories directly about her. However, she is believed to be a powerful nature goddess, the powerful creator and earth mother goddess, and there are a great deal of ancient places named after her. Dagda was the chieftain, king, and father figure of the Tua de Danann and is considered the father god and the consort and sometimes son of Danu. Brij is the daughter of the Morrigan, the great goddess of war and sovereignty, and the Dagda. She is the sister of Oma, who invented the Oham alphabet. She was the wife of Bres, the king of the Fomorians, who were at war with the Tua de Danann, and Brij was said to have been the mediator of peace between the two ancient warring tribes. The name of this triple goddess means High One or Exalted One, and in bulk, she is in her maiden form. It is also said her name may come from, and you must bear with me, Briosag, I believe it's Briosaged, um, and if it isn't, please somebody correct me. <laughs> it means fiery arrow. Myths regarding Bridge's birth say she was born with a flame in her head and fed on the milk of a mystical or fairy cow as a child. She is thought to provide ample supplies of milk to the community or village that honors her and is the patron goddess of fertility, pregnancy and midwifery, the home and all dairy and domestic related activities. Breej is said to watch over every cradle and is a beloved goddess to connect with when bringing children into this world. Countless symbols are also associated with her. A couple include the snowdrop flower, the first gift of spring in the bleakness of winter, the swan. The swan mates for life and represents loyalty, fidelity and faithfulness. Swan feathers are considered a powerful amulet. The Flame. Imbolc is a fire festival, and fire of all kinds is associated with Breej, the fire of creativity, the protective hearth fire, and her fire wheel, which heralds her as an ancient solar or sun goddess. 
Don't forget that there are also other trees, plants and herbs associated with this festival and all will be revealed in the next Turning of the Wheel, Season 2 of Animisma, when I explore the eight festivals through the lens of the plants. Breach was worshipped by the Philid, a class of poets and historians among the Celts of ancient Ireland and Britain. To our ancestors, poetry was a deeply important part of the culture, and those that were its keepers were in fact keepers of the culture itself, its stories, its histories, its wisdom, and its songs. Ways of recording information, such as books, were not common among the people. It was the Druids, Philids, and Bards who held the keys of tradition and wisdom. The Philid, like the Druids, studied for years and years in order to memorize ancient Irish oral lore. Their focus was directed toward the material world, prioritizing history, genealogy, and the law rather than spiritualism. The Philid were experts in preserving and guarding knowledge rather than entertainment and performance, which was left up to the bards. Poetry itself was an ancient and important social institution and considered a magical craft. Poets had to memorize hundreds of pieces as well as learn methods of divination and other rituals of magic. Breach was their patron goddess and provided the fire in the head of creatives and diviners. Poets were thought to be inspired by the other world and had the gift of etheric sight. Breach is the patroness of blacksmiths, the king of crafts on which all other crafts depend. She is not a blacksmith herself. That niche is occupied by the Celtic deities uh, Gwibno and Gvanen, but Breach inspires the creativity and artistry of the blacksmith craft just as she inspires the creativity of poets. Her eldest son, Ruadan, was a blacksmith, and when Ruadan was killed, it is said that Breach keened in grief for him, thus in initiating the Celtic custom of keening for the dead. Blacksmiths were considered magicians and wizards themselves, and it was the excellence of Celtic metalwork that differentiated them from all other early cultures and brought them to prominence. Now that we've learned a little about Breach, let's talk about celebrating her. On Imbolc Eve, it was claimed that she would visit the most virtuous homes and bless everyone who slept in them, so people would leave pieces of clothing, food, or other tokens outside the entrance for her to bless, or to entice her blessing into their home. As mentioned earlier, Breege the Maiden is honored by some as the bride at Imbolc. Straw Breegegas, or corn dollies, are created from oat or wheat straw and placed in baskets with white flower bedding. Young girls then carry the kondolis door-to-door and gifts are bestowed upon the image from each household. Afterwards, at the traditional feast, the older women make a special magical acorn wand for the dollies to hold, which are placed into the hearth of the home overnight. Ashes from the fire that was left to burn all night would be smoothed out and left to see if a mark from Bridge appeared to confirm that she had visited the house, which was seen as a good omen. In other areas across Ireland and Scotland, women would also make a doll figure from rushes known as a brijog in honour of the goddess's bride and dress it in white with white flowers and carry it in a procession while singing hymns and poems in honour of brij. At every home they passed, they would receive more pieces of cloth or small bits of food for the brijog, 
Once the procession was finished, they would place the brijog in a seat of honor and have a feast with all of the food before placing it in a bed for the night while they began their celebrations. The most well-known tradition, however, and one that is still very much practiced today, is making a St. Bridget's cross or a Bridget's shield and hanging it in the home. Bridget's shields are fashioned from wheat stalks and exchanged as symbols of protection and prosperity in the coming year. Before the Christian influence, bunches of rushes were tied together and hung at the entrance to homes to welcome Bridget. The cross is distinctive, with a square in the middle and each point of the cross placed at a corner of the square. I learned that placing one of these shields in your kitchen has come to mean that your house will be protected from fire. Breach as protector. Gathered from the Gaelic-speaking regions of Scotland from 1860 to 1909, Alexander Carmichael collected a compendium of prayers, hymns, charms, blessings, incantations, and law. This compendium is called the Carmina Gadelica and includes a beautiful traditional charm to ask for Breach's assistance and protection. In honour of her association with protection, I offer you this prayer to Breach the Protectress from the tribe of the Oak, Druid Grove. It holds much similarity to Carmichael's charm in the Carmina Gadelica. In your mind's eye, See the goddess with her hair of flame and her green dress of spring bringing forth her shield in protection of you and your beloveds. The descent of Bridge, the genealogy of the holy maiden Bridge, radiant arrow of flame, noble foster mother of gods, Bridge the daughter of the Dagda, Dagda the good god, the son of Danu, Danu the mother of all things. Bridge of the mantles, bridge of the peat heap, bridge of the twining hair, bridge of the augury, bridge of the white feet, bridge of calmness, bridge of the white palms, bridge of the kine, bridge woman comrade, bridge woman helper, bridge woman mild. Each day and each night, that I say the descent of Breach. I shall not be slain. I shall not be injured. I shall not be put in cell. I shall not be hewn. I shall not be riven. I shall not be anguished. I shall not be ravaged. I shall not be made blind. I shall not be made naked. I shall not be left bare. I shall not be enchanted. I shall not be cursed. Neither shall my power leave me. No fire, no sun, no moon shall burn me. No water, no flood, no brine shall drown me. No earth, no sod, no turf shall cover me. No air, no wind, no vapor shall sicken me. Nor seed of the fairy host shall lift me. Nor seed of the airy host shall lift me. Nor earthly being destroy me. I, under the protection of the holy maiden, I am under the shielding of good bridge each day. I am under the shielding of good bridge each night. Each early and late, every dark, every light, bridge is my comrade woman. Bridge is my maker of song, my gentle foster mother, my beloved bridge. Thank you. 
For those that have placed a white candle in each room of your house, let us now light each one in honor to call upon her for protection. To start, open the front door of your home and invite the compassionate, protective, wise and well spirit of Bridge in. Goddess Bridge, this is your day and you are welcome here as our beloved guest. Close your front door and head in a clockwise direction around your house. At each candle, in each room, offer forward a request to the goddess. Blessed Breach, great goddess of the flame, we ask that with the returning light you protect and purify our homes and our hearts. Please bless this candle as a sign of your power and presence and make safe all that we hold dear. Present this offering at each of your candles and let them burn as long and as low as you feel comfortable, making sure to extinguish them safely. Fire rituals at the cross-quarter festivals serve different purposes. At Samhain, they ward off evil spirits. At Beltane, they offer protection and growth. And at Imbolc, they are symbolic of the sun's return to the earth. For those that have created a strong and well-contained fire, it is a perfect time to slowly offer to the fire any remaining greenery you have from Yule. Connect first, as always, with the fire. Thank it for its warmth, its protection, and its light. And, if it is willing to accept your offering, then thank the greenery for its companionship through the darker days of winter and in celebration of the midpoint of the dark half of the year and the welcoming forward of the fertile, budding trees and lands. Take pause as you do this, offering your heart and your attention to the fire as it is an honorable practice. We are deeply relational beings and our relationship with ourselves, the offering of greenery and the fire, is a dance that deserves conscious and intentional space. Danu Forest offers a prayer based upon a Scots Gaelic augury that can be offered to Breach in service of the year ahead. In honor of the wise woman tradition, as always, if you feel there are other words more resonant with you and the spirits of the land that you are on, I deeply encourage you to shift, change, and adapt the words of this prayer or blessing to honor and align with your truth. So as you are making these offerings to the fire, you can say, Goddess of this sacred earth, be before me, Goddess behind me. Goddess of the budding green fields and the golden, be over me and beneath me. Goddess of the dun earth and the green shoots, be within me and without me. Goddess of the mothers and the children, lead me. Cast your protection over me, guide me and bless me, grant me your tender care. Dear Bridge, we thank you for your fierce protection, your loving protection, your inspiration. Thank you for supporting us in purification such that we may walk this earth in honor, with honor and as honor. Bridge is an elemental goddess who works with both fire and water. She is the protector of the wells, and visiting wells was another important custom for Imbolc, particularly holy wells. Visitors might walk around the well in the same direction as the sun traversed the sky, and at that point on the land, praying for health and wealth 
for the year. Offerings were left at the well once this was done, usually coins or clutis, pieces of cloth to be blessed by the goddess. Special foods were also a part of the festivities and usually consisted of breeches bannock, a flatbread cut into wedges, as well as dishes created from dairy products, particularly sheep's milk, as I mentioned earlier. As the protector of the holy waters, springs and wells, in purification from the winter days and in service of the year ahead, I offered a purification ritual to email subscribers in the form of a lustral bath. If you are currently in the bath listening to this podcast, now is the time to prepare for the purification meditation. Warm your bath, light your white candle in honor of the goddess, cover yourself in the bath's milky herbal waters, and gently close your eyes. Take three deep breaths. As you slowly inhale, feel yourself held by the nourishing water. As you breathe out, nod to the water in honor of its sentient presence and thank it for its partnership with you in this ritual. Gently stir the water with the finger in a clockwise direction three times. This has Scottish roots as a symbol of good luck. As you stir, see warm golden sunlight infusing the water, turning your bath into a nourishing bath of milk, herbs and light. As I offer the following traditional incantation, I invite you to begin to feel yourself releasing all the patterns, conditions, burdens, habits, energies, emotions, and cords that are either not yours and or not in service of your highest self. This is a sovereign practice, a practice in service of your birthright to be whole and unburdened and to live aligned completely with your truth and your highest self. Breach is a goddess who is also concerned with sovereignty and ideas surrounding self-empowerment. Breach is a fierce and loving goddess and the perfect partner in your purification. As you continue to breathe, feel all that you are releasing float into the waters, which lovingly receive them. And all that is released is encapsulated in warm, golden light. It can no longer attach to you. It can no longer harm you. I am bathing my face in the mild rays of the sun. Sweetness be in my mouth. Wisdom be in my speech. The hand of bridge around my neck. The hand of bridge around my breast. The hand of bridge washing me. The hand of bridge blessing and protecting me. When you feel as though all that has accumulated over the winter within and around you has been released to the waters of your bath, see yourself glowing, washed by the goddess, surrounded in protection, radiant with the light of the sun. As you leave your bath and allow the waters to drain away, thank them for their loving neutrality and their power to hold so much. Thank them from your heart your seat of knowing and strength, and thank them with true sincerity. We are blessed by the elements we share this earth with. They keep us safe, clean, 
nourished and alive and are deeply deserving or of our intentional honor. The elements are life itself and they hold an ancient consciousness and source wisdom. Coming into intentional and right relationship with the elements is such a beautiful, honorable and important practice and offers us a pathway towards coming into right relationship with ourselves. We are, after all, infinite beings in temporary elemental bodies. This completes our podcast for today on Imbolc. I now offer a closing and again invite you to gently close your eyes as this is offered for you, for me, for all. May all that we do and say today and always be for the benefit of all beings. May we walk with integrity, honor, and grace. May we welcome our shadow forward in service of revealing to us any wounds that need tending as we walk in human form. May we never forget the passage of our ancestors, human and otherwise, that brought us into being, and may we thank the wise and well ones for their guidance and support. May we live our lives in safety, offered in service, guided by spirit. Thank you so dearly for joining me today. I look forward to connecting with you for episode three of season one, Ostara, the Spring Equinox. You can learn more about this episode, the Celtic Wheel of the Year, find resources, and more about upcoming episodes at thepathofintegrity.com forward slash animisma. Animisma is brought to life by the magical Stephanie Halligan. You can learn more about her work at stephhalligan.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-H-A-L-L-I-G-A-N.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you'd like to hear more, I invite you to subscribe and share amongst your community. Email subscribers receive instructions prior to the podcast regarding offerings, rituals, ceremony, etc. To connect with me, please reach out via the connect form, which can be found at thepathofintegrity.com forward slash connect.